Ah, oh, fuck this again. How's it going, son? Ah, uh, it's not going very good, sir. Yeah, well, it's not going that well here at Southern Studios, either. Uh, well, I got something that might work. Uh, another... Do you care about movies where the devil is, like, in a random job? A random job? Like, uh, like a dishwasher or a bus driver? Yeah, but I think, like, evil, like, uh, eviler. Uh, a politician? Nope. Um, assassin? Dude, that's a nope. good pitch. <laughs> Something even cooler. Look, son, I- I'm gonna level with you. We have had, we have been releasing turkey after turkey every Friday night. Unless you come up with a home run, I don't think Southern Studios is going to be around much longer. Two actors. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Sure. You ready for this? Yeah, please. We're almost at the top floor, by the way. Uh, uh, Charlize Theron, ever heard of her? No. No, she's South African. You're going to love her. Okay. Okay. And then, um, did you watch Speed? I did watch Speed. We passed on that script, and I've regretted it every day since. That guy. Okay, great. So those are the two? The one's not a star <laughs> in 1997. Who's the other one? Al Pacino, but uh, he's starting to get drunk. Well, here we are at the top floor, son. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me run this over and crunch the numbers with uh, the other CEOs. And uh... Oh, here comes another CEO. Bing! Hey, I'm not a CEO. I'm actually the elevator repairman, and oh, I'm going to cut the cables so you, we never do this bit You were again. the elevator repairman, but now you have... I like the tone of your voice. You are now a CEO here at Southern Studios. In fact, you can have my job. <laughs> Nobody wants your job. Goodbye. Welcome back to the Cable Boys, the only podcast about movies in the world. That's right, Justin. We are just three huge hog beasts who like to talk about movies from our childhood that were inappropriate for one reason or another. Like 1997's horror movie, I guess. Devil's Advocate, starring Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Horror sex courtroom drama? It's a lot of movies. It's a lot of movies. It's many things all pressed into one. And we are so fortunate to be joined by someone who is also many things pressed into one. (laughs) She's a comedian. She's a television writer. She's an improviser. She's a Tar Heel. Uh, She is a songwriter of two of my favorite songs (laughs) of all time. Moth in the Light and Thanksgiving at Home is Weird. <laughs> Madeline Walter, everyone. Oh my gosh. Kevin, it makes me feel so proud and seen to be introduced as a songwriter. An identity that I think nobody in the whole wide world uh, would ever attribute to me. And I just, I, I want to take a moment to thank you for that. 
Uh, I will take a moment to take in your thanks. Uh, You deserve (laughs) it. By definition, you are a songwriter. Uh, Madeline, thank you for joining us. Uh, You are funny and kind and smart, and I'm very interested uh, to hear your take on this movie. Why, out of all of the films in existence, uh, did you select The Devil's Advocate to do on this program? Mm -hmm. Okay, so... So here's the thing. So I have a memory from my childhood of seeing a movie in the theaters. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, little town called Maplewood. There was a tiny little movie theater, Maplewood Movies. Like normal Friday night was like walk, walk into, walk to downtown, get a slice at Roman Gourmet, mm. hop next door to Maplewood Movie Theater, and just see like whatever was playing, and. I have had a a really vivid memory for the longest time of a movie about the devil that was so frightening that mm. at a certain point I was crying in the theater and like <laughs> clutching a an, a friend of mine who was not even a good friend, sort of a like peripheral middle school friend, kind of part of a different group of friends, a little more popular than me, not a thing I would normally like make myself vulnerable enough to do, but that is how like upsetting and scary this movie was. Um, and I have not ever been able to remember what movie that was. And I've done extensive Google searches. Um, (laughs) those searches led me to devil's advocate and I'm going to be fully honest (laughs) at the top. I don't know if that was the movie, you guys. <laughs> oh, interesting. I, is it not? Well, I will it is. say, not to you know, sort of jump ahead in the recap, I did find elements of this movie similarly upsetting and surprising mm-hmm. and scary, but the jury's still out on whether this is the movie that, that upset me so deeply many, many years ago. Mm. Wow. What's the one with Robert De Niro where he's the devil? Oh, oh, that's um, Angel uh, Heart. With Angel Heart. Yeah. That's not the one you're speaking of? With well, I mean, that's 10 years Rourke. earlier. I'll tell you what I remember. I guess you're right. A lot it's of like... red. So I kind of thought towards the end, you know, when like mm-hmm. when Al Pacino's office starts to go haywire, I was like, I was like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the part that like really fucked me up. Guys, I don't know if it was. This would be hilarious if it's not even the right movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, you know what? There might be a movie. uh, So so I I guess we're saying you saw this in... This is like a... 97? This is like a crime podcast now. I like this. We're trying to like discover, retrace your steps. So you saw in the theater in 97. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't pinpoint 97 exactly, but 97 is very plausible. I, I will say... I was almost definitely in middle school, could have been a freshman in high school, which Mm -hmm. puts us between kind of, I would say earliest would be 96. Okay. And that's Mm. pretty early. And like latest, I would say no later than 2000. But if we want a narrower, if we want a narrower window, I think 97 to 99 is like a pretty a pretty okay. safe sweet spot um, because like 96 has like from dust till dawn mm. is there a red uh, is there a very red part of that movie yeah the whole movie the whole end is like vampires and blood and stuff i'm going to say my guess is mm-hmm. uh let me see if i can find it if it fits the years 
Oh, here we go. Did you see? <laughs> this is so exciting. I, 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 if you can solve this for me. I'll be yeah. so grateful. Did and by the way, see, if you do oh, yeah. solve it, we are pressing pause on this podcast. <laughs> the, the four of us are going to retreat into our rooms. We're going to watch the new movie and come right back with zero research. I also me, will say, just as a sidebar, I'm not confident it wasn't this movie. So this right. is sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me hold on real quick. I'm going to make yeah. it my background. Uh huh. Oh, great. Ooh. Oh, uh-huh. I, lo- I lo- there. So there is a visual aspect of this podcast. Yeah, the poster, because I think maybe the poster will set things straight. Could it have been Stigmata? Oh, that's with very Gabriel red. Byrne and Patricia oh, Arquette. Gabriel that Byrne would have been, the, theaters, been yeah. the devil, and he does bear a resemblance to Al Pacino. So I could see where yeah. the confusion and it's, would it's lie. It's nineteen ninety nine. It might have been Stigmata. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been Stigmata. Is there a scene? Are we? Can we pull up? Is there a scene in Stigmata where just shit goes crazy and it's like, <laughs> I, I, like here's what made yes, me think. Yes. Are, is, this is. Can we? There is a scene in Stigmata where I think you, everything. Can we like watch flies. that on the? Is that allowed? Can we YouTube the scene mm, in Stigmata where I shit goes look crazy? Let me let me see. I think. I so. also have a lot of thoughts about Devil's Advocate, so like I'm not <laughs> sad good. we watched it. Yeah. Um, we'll I mean, we'll have a podcast episode regardless. Okay. Uh, it's a it's it's a fantastic choice. Uh, however, we ended up with Devil's Advocate. I'm very happy. I really wasn't sure because, like, oh, what yeah, I'm this movie's scary. Is like things were pretty. Like, the thing that made me think it was Devil's Advocate was like in the middle. Am I allowed to talk about the middle of the movie, or should we wait? Yeah, yeah. You, There's no linearness. So we, like, we assume that uh, there are zero spoilers. Everyone has seen this. Okay, great. In the middle of the movie, like, so, you know, it doesn't really even seem like a horror movie until the middle where they're in that dressing room and that lady pulls her titties out and then turns into a fucking yeah. demon. Like, yeah. that's what made me go like, yes, this is the movie. That, like, that was so scary that I was watching it with Ben, previous um Previous podcast guest on this uh-huh. podcast, my Ben husband, Green of ben Green. Uh, the Extraterrestrial. Ooh. Ben Green of the Extraterrestrial episode, <laughs> um, and it scared Ben so much he had to turn around and watch the rest of the movie, not facing the television. <laughs> <laughs> and so it it unsettled me and surprised me and made me feel like um, like my contract with this movie as a viewer was sort of broken because I was like not prepared to see someone's face twist into a demon. And that's how I remember yeah. feeling when I saw maybe stigmata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the visual effects uh, where the faces contort are absolutely yes. horrifying. They're done by Rick Baker, uh, who is just a horror vet. Um, and uh, every one of them, like, I don't, I don't believe that I ever watched this movie as a kid. And so it was uh, it was deeply unsettling. Obviously, other other parts of the movie are that way, too. Um, and it's a much different movie. But since the first time you see it is uh, with the girl with the bare chest, I'm glad they didn't also just like cut down and have the nipples also <laughs> just contort <laughs> and have teeth, uh, because that would have been uh, another opportunity for a spooky scare. Yes. Yes. OK, wait, Ken, so is it too much of a digression for, can I watch this clip from Stigmata? Yeah, yeah let's, this is, yeah, let's let's watch this is uh, okay. the trailer, maybe. I, I 
feel like if we wanted to decide if this was the movie, we should have just typed in stigmata red scene. Yeah, wait, I, can we? Yeah, I looked up crazy scene. Is yeah. that crazy what you, scene? was that the second link you put in the chat? Yeah. Okay, can we watch that? I'm so sorry. I, no, like, no. It's, can we it's watch okay. like a minute of that crazy scene? Yeah, let's get to the I think it's like that, like scary. I think this will tell me. I think. Madeline is so close uh, to solving a 20 year old (laughs) mystery in her brain. It's like. what is it? Senior week. Senior week. Yeah. Like yeah. Senior week for like post. Week. Every oh, so everyone ch- has their white whale. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I solved the two the other day at poker. People were like, "What oh, is really? this movie?" And I was like, uh, "You know, I gave them. I, I, I solved their twenty some year mystery." This feels right, like this might be a superpower of yours because you you yeah. came up with stigmata, right? This that was. Yeah, that was my guess. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. He also Googled it, so it's not like... No, no, no. I had, I had stigmata in my head before I started Googling. I've been Googling. Guys, I've been Googling. Googling this is not the problem, guys. <laughs> Everybody this... has Google. 99, 99 was when I was a projectionist. So, like, um, all these movies, like, as soon as she started oh, saying something, I was like, oh, yeah, this... I would have seen this. All right, let me see. Uh... been devil's advocate it really might have been (laughs) (laughs) we came back around this was a going to devil's advocate this was a better movie than i remembered me too i I, thought it was a turkey but it's not yeah when i was i i I remember seeing this in the theater and and just kind of writing it off because there are some questionable acting choices (laughs) and and that's mainly uh, keanu reeves because it does have the one of the worst line readings of one of the worst lines in movie history, which my friends and I used to quote all the time, but it's <clears throat> to jump all the way to like two thirds into the movie when he's talking to Craig T. Nelson and he's telling him about his defense strategy. And he goes, you're going to listen to me. Like you've never listened to anyone in your life. I was like, that's terrible. That's a terrible line of dialogue. And the way you said it was terrible. Can we just do it again and try yeah. something different? Like just, Hey, listen, I love what a wild card he is. I one of my favorite all time film performances is Keanu in Much Ado About Nothing. Have you guys? Oh, he's great in that. I just fucking love it. He's like, he is nobody but himself, and I would mm-hmm. watch him forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, but giving, her... but giving him a southern accent, uh, <laughs> much like giving me a southern yeah. accent at the top of this, is uh, pushing it. Yeah. I, I was like, why? It's one of those things in movies where I'm like, what? just change where he's from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, just, it's so easy. Yeah. He's just from, he's a half Hawaiian guy. <laughs> well, it felt like they were like, okay, this guy's got to be religious, but why mm-hmm. would a person be religious? And like, the only justification was like, make him from like the broad South. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Florida's not even like people in Florida don't really have that min- that weird of accents. I know they don't. Gainesville, yeah. yeah. I know. I also loved that they kept referring to Gainesville as like a town. Like Gainesville's a major city. They kept being yeah. like, "Oh, you want to move back to Gainesville?" Like I, this yeah. felt written by a person who had never left New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah for me, uh, Keanu Reeves loved the, loved the man to death. Uh, he uh, is. Uh, just uh, dripping with star power. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I have watched him helm gigantic uh, 
uh, action films, uh, Speed, Point Break. He also uh, is the only person I can imagine doing uh, The Matrix and John Wick. He's had a storied career. Um, But this movie, for me, really really highlighted uh, how much he's just himself in every movie because it was... Uh, it was uh, what's his name Johnny Utah with a southern accent. It was mm-hmm. it was and mm-hmm. and that's why I had trouble believing that he was gonna do all these bad things. I didn't think he was gonna like leave his wife. I didn't think he was gonna cheat on her because I'm just like yeah, but he's a Boy Scout. He's just like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like him being a good guy shown uh, shown past uh, what his character was willing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy needed to be, like, fucking Charlie Sheen. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like greasy, where you're like, yeah, you are going to be a fucking... Yeah, that you think underneath the skin, there's a bad person lurking. Yeah. And you yeah. just don't, you don't think that of Keanu. You think just, like, oh, you're, no. like, a good person. Mm-hmm. I think the only time I questioned it was uh, after they're celebrating the first case. Um, and uh, they're, they're partying... Uh, they're partying on the dance floor. He basically eats his uh, wife's butt, like, right there, <laughs> right, right there on the floor. And then, like, uh, the guy comes up to him to offer him the job, and he says, like, ah, oh, you almost got me. And by the way, the black thing, you being black, that's, yeah. like, that's really good. Like, I don't... Even if he was like four shots in, I can't imagine anyone saying that just like straight to a black person's face mm-hmm. as like, mm-hmm. oh, and it's hilarious. The color of your skin. Like he was going to rip off a mask and it was just going to be like face paint. Yeah, James Woods or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought um, that was perplexing. I like I felt like, you know, they were like trying to really like set the table for like this is a man who loves his wife, so it, like, takes a sharp turn when the devil starts to tempt him away. But I feel like the they were like, you know how we're going to show he loves her? They kiss all the time. <laughs> there was just, like, even to the point where, like, when he, like, flashed back to, like, to that bathroom, like, flashed back to the beginning, which really surprised me, by the way. Um, where, like, almost the first thing you see to show, like, things are back to normal is just, like, a big old juicy smooch. <laughs> yeah. He he loved his wife so much and they were so affectionate. And like the one thing that ruined it all, ladies beware, uh, your husband can love you to the end of the earth. But if you get one bad haircut, if you yeah. chop it a little bit short, if it's just above the shoulders, it's over. Like he's going to start looking at the uh, the other law firm. uh, uh <laughs> Connie Nelson. Yeah, it's also not her her natural color. The devil tells her, "Oh, you should cut your hair and go back to your natural color." She cuts her hair and then dyes it black. And I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, (laughs) you did not take the right advice. Like, he's given nothing but good advice this whole movie." (laughs) Kevin, I'm glad that you brought that up because I was like, I sort of wasn't sure what like what the devil was doing in that scene because like when he Mm -hmm. described her new haircut, I was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds good." Like, Mm -hmm. and then when she changes it and her hair like doesn't like she sort of like looks like sort of a dowdy housewife i guess like i guess the point of that is like the devil is trying to like make keanu reeves's wife less pretty but like it didn't i wasn't the whole time i was trying to figure out whether the new haircut was supposed to be better or worse than the first one 
Yeah. I think it's supposed to be better and more like New York. Okay. Or she has like the big curly like southern hair and he's like, oh, you should put it up. Also, the devil just loves necks. Yeah. Like, right. It's like, put your hair back, baby. So you don't uh, think he was like trying to like fuck with Keanu's home life by making his hot wife get a worse I think it was like a little bit of like, oh, then he's going to be like, oh, you are crazy. Like you're. You cut your hair. That was drastic. And like. But she colored it too. So it's. And she uh, colored it too. That's what I'm saying. Like she just, just, just takes scissors and chop it off. I mean, she yeah. went to a probably a expensive place in New York City. Yeah. I just think the devil doesn't think women are capable of taking over things because he's got all these plans for Keanu. And then when he talks to his wife, he's like, here, let's talk about your hair. Yeah. Like it's just like the yeah. the screenwriter's like I don't know what do you talk to women about yeah um, <laughs> yeah the game hadn't been uh, invented yet that, that book that kind of been written I also mm-hmm. have a logic question sort of sort of related why so in the, so like the devil's whole kind of scheme is to get like Keanu and his sister to have sex so he can have she can have a baby mm-hmm. if the devil can just impregnate people why can't the devil like why does he need his off is that like a rule of the antichrist that i didn't know that it needs to be like two of the devil's offspring or is that just like internal logic of the movie i think it's the internal logic of the okay movie. cool i don't think there's an actual antichrist guide as far as sanctioned by the catholic church the antichrist seems like he just has well, like I a think, bunch of oh i guess well, he they're kind of ma- both devils they're, they're both, both devils, devils yeah. and they're good at what they're that's what he said he's like i've had Countless children, a lot of them have failed. You, I now I have finally two, and we're going into a law practice. Yeah, that's the part yeah. where I'm a little like Harry. I, that's the thing about all. That's what I'm saying about all these movies with the devil. I'm like, why law? I know you you kind of justify it by saying the the law runs the world essentially, but really, but there's like always the devil has like a dumb job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're even if you got everybody off, you're still talking about years of litigation. You know what I mean? Like this is not the best plan. That's why the Southern Studio CEO said a politician, because that makes a little more sense. It does, but also uh, the law does define what is what is good and evil for a civilization, and and also lawyers are an advocate for um, uh, for their clients. Yeah. No, I, I I understand all that. It's just there's a yeah. lot of red tape and and bureaucracy that they would have sure. still have to go through. But yeah, log- logic wise, uh, there there is a lot, and we might as well go into our heralded segment. So what I don't understand and there's a couple of things I don't understand, is if... Okay, so Keanu upholds free will, and instead of uh, uh, making love to his sister, producing the Antichrist, he kills himself, and it resets everything uh, to the moment where he makes the one bad decision, but then we see that the devil has still got him because he's still vain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My question is, if that's all in his head, then why is he also envisioning uh, scenes that he's not in? <laughs> why, like, why, why is he, why is he like, uh, just like checking out uh, his wife, like picking out wallpaper before he arrives? And like, how is he envisioning like, 
uh, is he just like a fly on the wall as uh, the wives are like being terrible to her? I don't think he's a ma- I think all that stuff happened. It's all reset. And so he was just living his own life in that original time. Gotcha. So you know, but, not- so my follow up question is then when we he was living his life and then we cut back to it and the devil's still there. Then does that like all of that story is still true? So he, his dad still is the devil, and he's just like, uh, he's uh, going the vain route uh, to make him a celebrity because, like, he's the one lawyer who wouldn't do the wrong thing. Right. Like, he seems like he's not going to be able to get that tricked again, right? Because, like, <laughs> he has the knowledge that, like, this whole thing happened to him where he, like, found out the devil was his dad, then he, like, sort of essentially lit the devil on fire, I think, by killing himself. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah, seems I've... to hold that knowledge, right? Or I don't think he does. Oh. I think that the, the ending is like, whoa, that was a weird feeling. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're saying if... he doesn't know the ramifications know of... of... Yes. Uh-huh. He just has a oh. feeling that, like, I, I need to choose the good path for once. Yes, Mm. Yes. Interesting. I think that's the only way it works. But he still doesn't know his dad. His mom did still have sex with the waiter devil. And so. (laughs) I just like love the idea that like the devil sort of worked his way up. Uh Like I found it really appealing as a character detail that he was like a waiter, you know, 37 years ago or whatever. I was like, well, it's funny. I, I I don't know if it's on purpose, but I'm like. He originated the role in that Frankie and Johnny at the Claire de Lune, I believe, or it was in that. Mm. Or maybe he didn't originate it, but I was like, oh, that's a funny idea of like the devil just in all these like plays. But yeah, he was a he was a waiter once. So. But again, it's like, why is the, the devil being so dumb and just being like, I'm going to be a waiter today? <laughs> I'm going to like. Well, yeah, then people are like the line cooks are yelling at you and like, yeah. they're like, hello, can I yeah. get my water? And it's like, uh, oh, all right. If you only knew. <laughs> then yeah. just like just a lot of looking at the camera and being like, if it's too hot in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was also a prequel uh, of this that was almost made. It didn't end up being made. Uh, that was just about the devil, like making his way through. <laughs> through upstart new york i guess i guess like starting as a waiter and then like becoming a law clerk and then working all the way up but yeah um, i my my scene that made me go hmm scenes that make you go uh was right in the very beginning i had to watch the beginning three times like the opening trial thing mm-hmm. where where he's grilling uh, a young girl who's been molested. But that's not the reason I I had to rewatch it. The first part was the prosecutor when he's like grilling or what he no, he's 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 talking to his witness and she's giving great testimony. The prosecutor looks at Keanu Reeves and his team like, I got you motherfuckers. And then did one of the weirdest moves I've ever seen, which he took his glasses off and threw it on their desk. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the same thing. And I was so, I was like, he didn't do that. And I like rewound it. And I was like, no, he did. Those are his glasses. Why would you do that? That's so stupid. 
Do you? We, Elizabeth and I were stoned watching this, and I was like, "What the fuck is this movie? Where <laughs> this guy does that so at the beginning of the movie?" Do you think yeah. they cut, they cut a line where uh, he was like, "Hey, uh, thanks for letting me use these, by the way." <laughs> yeah. I forgot my glasses at home. We have the uh, same you know distinction. So done. I don't even need to read my notes <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> I mean, if they, if they would have like yeah accompanied a like a cool line of like. If you can't see the truth, maybe you need these and like right. something like yeah. right. But no, he's just like gaze closed. <laughs> I take my glasses. Here's my briefcase. Um, if you can't see the truth, stay out of the kitchen. <laughs> and you know what stinks? I didn't write down uh, the second reason why I had to, but it was a, it was a line of dialogue. There's a, there's a handful of dialogue things in here that don't make any sense mm-hmm. that I was like, what did they just say? Like they're trying to be pithy or creative. And it kind of goes to that terrible line with the terrible line reading of like some, which of the, one of these screenwriters was truly in love with what they wrote and didn't say it out loud ever. And then when they got to set, he was like, no, you're saying it. It's gold. <laughs> Cause uh, there was like, uh, yeah, like Pacino's uh, Pacino isms. He wasn't as bad as I remember. Yeah. He's this. the only fun part in it. He's like, he's in a different movie. I love but it's a fun no, I think movie. he's in this movie. This It's all tonally pretty uh, consistent, I think. I, Is this the start of him being that bombastic? No, I mean, I or think it's... Uh, Scent of a Woman. Scent of a Woman. But I, like, when I think of this movie, I think of him really eating up the scenery. And he wasn't as bad as I remember. Just towards the end. The end gets really silly, but I kind of uh, appreciated it. I thought it was like the only, I I was like, ima- at the end, I was like imagining like how long that monologue would have been like on the mm-hmm. page. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. like the only made a, way to make this just not like the most static filmmaking ever is to be wild. I was like, this is like, mm-hmm. in some ways I feel like Al Pacino just like saved this movie from like being like a, like a stage play because <laughs> he was mm-hmm. I was like you gotta do something this is a long speech Al <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw Al Pacino do Salome uh, which he'd been trying to produce for years and like did like a staged reading of it and he was just doing fucking devil's ass <laughs> mm. like the whole I was like oh shit that makes sense <laughs> like you have one fucking uh, mode and it's this because he was just like, like Salome, what is come down? It's about Salome's the uh, the story in the Bible of the she's the one who uh, asked for John the Baptist's head on a platter. More Bible stuff. Yeah, the yeah. book that keeps on giving. <laughs> I I had a. I had a very I had a very unique reaction to all of his big lines and it is specifically because the lead character's name is Kevin. And so all of those lines that are just like uh uh I'm just getting warmed up and uh specifically what was the one uh it was like oh I'm a lot more than that Kevin. Like <laughs> it was he you, was you, your Pacino sounds like yeah, the walrus from Meet the Feebles. <laughs> I, uh, or, 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 whatever Meet the Feebles character I'm thinking of. I, no, I was a little yeah. sick last week, and so I think I have some <laughs> walrus warble in there. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, specifically the line of uh, I'm just getting warmed up. Uh, that was uh, also taken from his performance in Scent of a Woman. <laughs> and uh, it was like a, a five year ago callback that like apparently audiences were just like, Woo! like, <laughs> like just like, you know, we go to the theater to see Keanu do Keanu. We go to the theater to see Al do Al. And if he's going to reference one of his like award-winning performances sign me up give me that Al. <laughs> yeah Ugh. i do feel like also just like thinking about his like performance in that final scene it felt like a little bit like um it, it like just occurs to me how much that last monologue seemed to be um where they decided to address every studio note and question about the movie <laughs> like how they were like all right while I'm telling you about like your future, I'm also gonna tell you why the devil is a lawyer. Right. Actually, <laughs> it's because lawyers have like access to a lot of facets of sort of like modern society. So it like kind of makes sense. So that was sort of our thinking behind that. Also, <laughs> you probably have a question about free will. Here is sort of our philosophy on free will. You have it, <laughs> I'll steer it, but you have it. Like it was just like all this stuff that like I just like could so see the email with those questions in it and like see mm-hmm. them being like, all right, we'll do another pass, but let's just put all this shit at the end. We can just explain sure. it all there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that cracked me up just like specifically because, uh, uh, Al Pacino basically just goes like, Hey, you should fuck your sister. Let me put a record on. <laughs> and then he's just, <laughs> she's like, she's like, don't pay attention to him. Oh. Look at me. And then right at that moment, he's just like shimmying in the background. <laughs> like you so can't. Like Frank Sinatra. Yeah. You can't not look at him. And then uh, like, and then. Uh, <laughs> I know he was like, put a naked lady in front of me. I'll do, I will steal this scene even. No. So make, I'll make you not look at this like, but. <laughs> <laughs> My scene that makes me go, hmm. I mean, there's a couple. But, uh, My favorite scene is the Rodrigo and Gabriela flamenco scene uh-huh. uh, <laughs> where he fucking gets up and just dances with this flamenco dancer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this, this is Al Pacino. This is not the director. This yeah. is Al Pacino being like, hey, I'm going to get up there. Watch this. <laughs> and he never, doesn't dance well. It's like all of a sudden he him. He's just fucking old man Al Pacino. Keep it running. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was just at the fight. He took off the jacket. He took off the tie. He unbuttoned. <laughs> and he was just like, let me hit it. Hit the dance floor. Things the devil loves. We're talking about a two and a half hour movie, which yes. also was a shock yeah. when it started playing. I was like, two and a half hours. I, know. <laughs> I, just, like, I couldn't that believe long. it. I couldn't believe that time code. But it's like, um, I didn't feel it. I, I didn't feel, feel it. it. It feels like a novelist. I know it's based on a novel, yeah. um, but it feels like, oh, there's like things going on. And yeah, I mean, maybe the flamenco scene we don't really need, but <laughs> it does all feel like, oh, this is, there's like a tapestry going there. You know, it's like um, poetry, it rhymes. Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme. Thank you, George. When him and Keanu are, when they are first, like, meeting each other and they're on the roof, that, like, crazy fucking green screen roof, which actually looks pretty good. It looked no, really it doesn't. Cool. Are you out of your mind? I thought that no, was, like, one of the worst things I've ever seen. I no. was amazed by it. I thought it looked better. And then it got, the green screen got better progressively than... worse as oh. the movie went on. Like, they spent all their money 
on that green screen shot. Wait, I have it like was... half a page dedicated just to that balcony. Yeah, but that balcony, when he looks at Al Pacino's shoes. Yes. Yeah. He looks for a second at his shoes and he's wearing lifts and kind of smiles to himself and it never comes back. No. But then I was like, were those flamenco shoes? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the payoff is, is in the flamenco. It was, right, it was setting like an hour up. edited out about like how like the devil he's take, loves to dance. He, that should have been in his monologue at the end. I know you're wondering about my shoes. <laughs> Here they are. But like, like all these deleted scenes of him taking dance classes. Like, <laughs> all right, uh, I, could, I couldn't find a date, so can I uh, dance with your lady? You have to understand that tall heels were in fashion in the 1600s when I bought <laughs> yeah. these. I've been alive forever. But you are dead wrong if you thought that CGI looked good. That... <laughs> No, I wrote why. Why are there street lamps on this balcony? I was just so confused by that. Like these aren't lights that you put it, on a. It was more Wait. for like the the background. I was like, oh, that looks like actual aerial footage of, of standing on top of a stuff. Yeah, uh, it looked a like building. a photo of New York City. They <laughs> step yes. out and it's like uh, um, dusk. Then the light never changes. That's a, like a five to seven minute scene. That light would have gone down and ducked yeah. behind the buildings. It never changed. That was terrible. I mean, that they was... also walk at a certain point, like to one side to the other. And if you would, they're, if they're actually walking at that speed, they would have fallen off. <laughs> like as many steps as they're taking. Like... Yeah, that was a colossal. Like, and, and the the shot, like Keanu's single, like the street light is blurred, like blur, like shallow depth of field, but it's like right behind him. And then when they go to Connie Nelson's shot, it's in focus. You know, I like think it's we're the same distance. Two different balcony scenes. I thought the oh, one yeah, on no. the nighttime yes. one at the party looks like shit. That's it's the one I'm shitty. talking about. No, I'm talking about the one during the day when him and Al Pacino first meet, and they're looking oh, at that yeah. stunning water feature on his yeah. roof. I mean, oh, that yeah. the pool. I, that's some good like green the, screen. I was yeah. like, I thought that was spectacular. I was like, what a yeah. what a striking and frightening fountain. Yeah, what I thought it? I thought so too. But then they spent all their money on that. Yeah, that guy shot his money for the shot his uh, shot on the first one no like, you're correct that the nighttime one the nighttime one looks like dog shit i'm so i'm so glad we're settled on this i'm glad that the four of us know what is and what is not dog shit uh speaking of dog shit uh two awful people are somehow connected to this movie uh one of them is former president donald trump uh did you guys read about how the uh, uh, the the scene that takes place at Alex Cullen's apartment is actually at Trump Tower? Yeah, it because wow. they they basically wanted to get just like a New York tycoon who had so much ego uh, that like he he could get away with a triple homicide. And uh, just like Trump, who said he could just fire <laughs> down Madison Avenue, uh, yeah. he was that person. Uh, uh, Devil's Advocate, their uh, sorry, their location scout was the same location scout who worked on Home Alone Two, <gasps> and uh, Home Alone Two was actually like when Donald Trump was at his lowest, he had just like overpaid for the plaza. Uh, His Atlantic city holdings were all just like going away. 
And uh, that was like the moment where she was like, hey, can we shoot here? He said, absolutely, I'll be in it, do whatever. And so like he owed her a favor. And so that's why it ended up being shot there. That was like, that was their ask. They were like, hey, we need somebody like Donald Trump. Uh, Maybe you can just get photos of the inside of his place. And this location scout was like, no, he owes me a favor. We can actually shoot there. That is so Interesting. Weird. Man, it's probably about the time that he was like, location scout. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably about the time he was like, oh, just slap your name on everything. It, yeah. it saved yeah. him from personal bankruptcy. Well, because uh, uh, there was also that line where they name checked him in the movie, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, at the at the party with the who's who of New York that yeah. everyone was going to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, another <laughs> bad person that I am like fascinated why he would say yes to this is uh, Don King uh, just shows, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. shows up out of nowhere to Gladhead. Apparently, like the uh, the scene was uh, was an actual bout. It was like a yeah. championship mm-hmm. bout. Um, and so Don King managed one of the guys on the undercard uh, who ended up losing uh, terribly. But yeah, it's a scene where he's just like, hey, the devil, this is my best friend. I'm like, I'm so glad you made it. We're pals, me and the devil. And uh, like, I, I wonder how little thought went into saying yes to that and like what it said about his character. That he no, I, be- I think Don, Don King was more shameless than Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, I, I don't think he thought about it. I think he probably thought it was fun and was like, yeah, nobody likes me anyway. I've stolen everyone's money. <laughs> yeah. That's all he would do. He would like, sign these boxers and steal, steal their money. It makes me wonder if like the devil was like involved in making this movie somehow. And like, <laughs> it was like some of like, you know, the investment for this movie came yeah. from like the devil or the devil's people. And like, we're living in a reality where like, <clears throat> the devil doesn't have a law firm, but like the devil is like a film financier. Cause like, honestly, <laughs> if you want to like talk about like shaping a culture and people's behavior, it's yeah. not through law. It's like through mm-hmm. entertainment. And this so yeah. much feels like, like a devil based production company, you know, yeah. being like <laughs> trying to create the narrative that like, that A, the devil's kind of okay, because I did think his monologue at the mm-hmm. end was also like pretty darn compelling. I was like, this is like a mm-hmm. good pitch for sort of for the devil having like a like a pretty like likable perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it was like there's that piece of the agenda. And then also again being like, but if the devil was around here, like you know, you guys know he'd be a lawyer, right? It like feels <laughs> like it's like hiding the ball for like uh-huh. the devil actually being, you know, like like Miramax or whatever. <laughs> it's like you got a green light if you cast my friend Jeffrey Jones. Right. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Oh, my favorite fucking thing in the whole movie, Eddie Barzoon. Anytime they fucking said his name, I cracked up so much. Maybe because I was high, but I thought it was. I was like, "What the fuck are these?" Like Eddie Barzoon. Eddie Barzoon. Did you hear about Eddie Barzoon? He sounded like a fucking Dr. Seuss character. (laughs) I loved it. I know we might be like sort of out of the scenes that make you go hmm part, but like the scene that made me go the most hmm was a little bit the Eddie Barzoom part. (laughs) Do you want me to, I'll I'll play the drop. Please. Scenes that make you go. (laughs) Thank you. I I was a little unclear. That whole scene where he was jogging like, and then ever, I had a couple questions. 
I was confused why everyone behind him kept disappearing. Mm-hmm. I was confused why we were seeing Charlize in that scene. Like I, I was like confused why their meltdown seemed to be connected. And I was also just generally confused about like what was the problem with Eddie? Like why he had to be like, I, I was, it seemed like sort of just general greed, but like, um, but I feel like a lot was going on there that I wasn't quite fully putting the pieces together. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure if everyone at the firm knew that they were working for the devil. Yes! Was it funny if one guy thing. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's that cool scene, which I actually really liked, where they're, um, you know, uh, going through the party and you just hear everyone's, like, conversations about, like, being shitty, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Which I thought was pretty cool. So I was like, well, maybe they do. But then I was also just like, well, they're all just lawyers as well. But I was like, like the, the neighbor who's, you know, the lady who like, you know, we see her boobs and she turns yeah. to the, the devil. I was like, does she know that she's like a devil? Or like, at a certain point, I was like, oh, they're going to be like, it's going to be like Rosemary's baby. They're going to be like, you have to be one of us and accept this. And, yeah. But that never happened. It's, it, it seems like it's going, like really going to happen. Uh-huh. That, that baby scene was the... I don't know if that was if I was scared, but that was like, oh, that's a cool thing. Like she walks in on that baby and the baby's got all that blood and stuff. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, To answer Madeline's question, I think that there was a lot going on and we're meant to believe that Charlize has seen the murder. um, But we never establish like a long shot to see that she like is actually looking over the park and like, and how, and how she would see it like so far away, like mm. with all the tree cover, um, the like, joggers you can't based on, I know where he was yeah, jogging. There's and no I, way. Like you can't see that from a building <laughs> on like on central yeah. park West. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you can't. <laughs> right. And it's all in just like hyper close up. And so you're just like, where is she? She's still in her apartment. Like, I don't, I don't get, I don't get the connection. No. Uh, but the the joggers who were disappearing, there were four of them, uh, and they were meant to represent the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, and so they each had like a different colored sweatshirt uh, that represents the the four uh, that you only get on the dark web if you really do your research. I'm I'm under I'm under the rocks to to read these theories. <laughs> And then Kevin was, Smith was like, oh, I'm going to take that and use it in dogma. Yeah. Yeah. But it was also just like a dumb thing of like, one, why make them joggers if they're just going to disappear and, we're, and they're just going to like take them, but we're going to see that. Like, there's no, like, he doesn't get, just get taken by like these four joggers who are like, come with me, sir. No, it's like, because then you know? the, because it's not the joggers that right. hit him with sticks until he dies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's weird. They're yeah, just no, sort then, of a yeah. harbinger of like. Right these like yeah. demons are they're they're That's less a... they're less horsemen and more shepherds they were they were just guiding yeah. him towards the homeless people who were yeah. going yeah. to also bringing in the four horsemen of the apocalypse is a bit much for yeah. this one guy <laughs> yeah for eddie barzoon and, and yeah. again his pro so i also feel like if they know the reason i think maybe they don't know they're working for the devil is because like why would eddie barzoon be so 
secretive about all those papers being shredded. Like it seemed like he <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. didn't want anybody at the firm to find out. But I feel like if everyone's like, we are at the firm run by the devil, nobody cares if some papers are getting shredded, right? And then, yeah, because then it felt like, because then he was like, oh, the, the Justice League yeah. guy or whatever, yeah, like the, he might come yeah. see you and then he shows up and then he gets hit by a car. They were like, right. yeah, yeah, you're not going to get that platform. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. story's over. I, I also <laughs> like what this says about the devil as a CEO because uh, Keanu asks about Barzoon and like uh, the what, whatever uh, investigation that's going on. And he's like, uh, I don't, I don't deal with that. I, I delegate. I just like find the right people and then I trust them. And so, you know, like the demons at the top of his organization have the freedom, uh, to make hell like as good as it can be. <laughs> but Kevin, I have a question for you, or it's really for everybody, but it seems like you've done like, again, your sort of dark web imagery research. I was so curious as I was watching, like what, I mean, can you share some of the Easter eggs? Some of like sort of like religious, like have you come upon anything in your in your digging and reading? Because I felt like there were probably so many that I wasn't noticing. I I feel like the the one that was the most uh, just like okay was the four horsemen. A lot of it was just like very surface, just like obviously <laughs> mm-hmm. obviously naming the devil John Milton. Uh, who yeah. is the writer of Paradise Lost? Uh, is is a big and very obvious one. Uh, I feel like the the color green versus the color red was uh, was yeah, obviously one. like a big one and like one that I didn't understand in that like uh, she when she kept painting the wall and then the girl was just like no that color sucks and yeah. she's wearing the same shade it was just like, it was confusing it was like oh okay. It well, this is obviously a thing, and yeah. uh, I guess it's envy, like, oh. just because, just because that's green. No, I think the green's supposed to be his like goodness and like oh. what, mm. good in the it's like you know, like you know the earth versus you know whatever. So that's why she's like, oh green, and it's like nah, like you need some evil colors. A big um, one, a big one that people pointed out is uh, Keanu starts in a tan suit, and as the cases progress. Uh, his suit just gets darker, but that's pretty surface. His hair also gets progressively more gelled. <laughs> it starts off kind of like yeah, he's, floppy, and then by the end, he's fucking he's Gordon Pat, Gecko. He's Pat Riley at the end. Yeah. Uh, this, this movie um, made me go down uh, a little bit of like uh, this memory lane, and it kind of bummed me out a little bit because this movie came out in '97 which is, uh, I think, one of my favorite years of all time. Happens to be when I graduated high school. Congratulations. But I, looked up, I looked up the movies of 1997. Mm-hmm. And it's one classic after another. Mm-hmm. Let me see. It's, uh, I'm just going to start reading them off. It's uh, Jackie Brown, Tarantino's movie. Good Will Hunting, Donnie Brasco, L.A. Confidential, Titanic. Um, what else we got here? Copland. Uh, nothing to lose. Yeah. I mean, they're not all gold. Liar, liar. Still funny. Uh, Ooh, as good as it element. gets. Yeah. There's uh, Conspiracy Theory, which is kind of a good action movie. Yeah. You said My Best Friend's Wedding, which is a great rom-com. Um, and Austin Powers. Oh, wow. my favorite movie. Of the original. Absolute all time. Yeah. Yeah. 
just like that man and there's also other oh face off con air i mean these mm. are yeah the second jurassic park i don't know it's just like that's it's 12 movies 12 movies that i would watch like if it was on tv i'd sit down and watch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't think there's been 12 movies in the last five years that i can even remember let alone i don't know it's just uh and and david lynch's last highway which nobody likes but i think it's a masterpiece well, but i mean this movie is like an example of just like a bygone era of like big budget adult psychodrama devil like not super like where people are excited about a fucking line from another big budget <laughs> adult like movie you know? yeah like, that doesn't exist anymore we don't fund those right? I, I should say not every movie was great um the saint starring val kilmer Oof, i went on a date and we went to go see the saint and we both ended up falling asleep <laughs> oh no and we woke up at the end credits and looked at each other and like what happened and i was like i don't know i fell asleep too <laughs> also if you and, gradu- if that was the year you graduated high school that is so young to be falling asleep at a movie that movie has yeah, to- it was so <laughs> boring yeah. it's yeah. so terrible like, i feel like anybody it, i know could fall asleep at a movie today and i'd be like i, I get it you got to yeah. be in the dark for a while but like yeah <laughs> to be like 18 and to like yeah. be like I'm going to snooze right now. Yeah. <laughs> Turkey. And the, the second one was <laughs> Batman and Robin, which I have a vivid memory of hitting my head against the seat in front of me because it was so bad. I was just like, what the fuck is this terrible piece of garbage? Yeah. It was unrelentingly bad. It was just like every 15 minutes was worse than the previous. Uh, speaking of Joel Schumacher, he was the original director for this movie that uh, when it was originally going to be made, he was getting a young Brad Pitt to be the lawyer uh, instead of Keanu, but they could not nail down a devil. Uh, there, were, there was going to be a whole sequence uh, where they get like lost in the New York subways uh, modeled after uh, Dante's Divine Comedy, Circles of Hell. And it was going to be like so much more of a big budget, just like flashy action movie. And instead, what ended up happening is the O.J. Simpson trial captivated the nation. uh, And there was just uh, in in particular the uh, what is assumed uh, to be wrong verdict uh, and like murderers getting off free. It that just like made this movie uh, a suddenly like something more viable, and uh, mm-hmm. it ended up getting like a sixty million dollar budget just because of OJ. Yeah, Joel yeah. Schumacher might have only signed on for the uh, hairdo, the uh, hair. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hairstylist. Uh, but yeah, this uh, uh, when it was originally before it was from a book uh, by the same title. Uh, they, uh, Niederman, uh, I think Andrew Niederman was the one who wrote it and, uh, he approached Warner brothers and he said, it's about a law firm in New York that represents only guilty people and never loses. And they said green fucking light. Uh, but yeah, the things that ended up switching from the book, um, is, uh, a couple of things. Uh, he was not the devil's son in the book. Like, there was no Antichrist thing that was, like, a complete Mm -hmm. fabrication with this draft. I think Um, that's better. I thought mm -hmm. him being the devil's son Mm -hmm. was... Was a little... Was a little wacky and unnecessary. Yes. (laughs) And undercut his sort of journey as a character. It sort of made it seem like this was an 
inevitable sort of path for him, which is like way less interesting than just like watching a person like you or I become compromised. Feels like a very right. Hollywood mm-hmm. version because like it feels like it takes away any finger pointing. They're like, well, this couldn't happen to you. This man was the devil's son. <laughs> yeah. Maybe and that so, studio executive just really wanted a son. Yeah. He's like, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that I think about it, if it resets and goes back, he might not actually be the devil's son. It like because he chose the wrong path in life, it's a metaphorical devil's son thing. And he could continue down the path and instead he offs himself to go back and make the right decision. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, other things that changed in the book, uh, the opening scene uh, with the the molester teacher, Lloyd Geddes, um, in the book, uh, it was uh, it was just a lesbian client. And uh, and so it was like it uh, they realized like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have like <laughs> tons of homophobia just in this. But what is the in this why movie is she version. on trial? I bet, she, that, yeah. I bet that now that author's like, read the book, please. It makes sense. Like what? Like what? Yeah. Is, she was on trial for being a lesbian. I <laughs> the 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 way it was written where I read it is that that is uh, that was the context for it. It didn't have the crime. Wow. Perhaps it was still like a teacher, uh, but it was just a female teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. So I apologize, Mister Niederman, uh, if I. <laughs> uh, and the biggest thing uh, was actually that uh, at the end he doesn't sacrifice himself. Uh, they don't do uh they don't do like the flashback where he makes the right decision instead he kills the devil and he goes to prison for <laughs> murder he goes to a lesbian prison he goes to a lesbian prison yeah. uh they cut that out too uh <laughs> honestly that makes me think even more this movie was sort of like cooked up by a, by sort of some entertainment devils because like yeah I just I feel like they were like we don't want to make it seem like possible to kill the devil. We want we want like the devil still needs to win. We need to leave people feeling comfortable and happy so like this movie doesn't seem grim and they can all continue to sort of live in this devil fueled world. Yeah, um, every everybody's so anti devil. <laughs> people are anti devil when like when it boils down to it, the devil is just like a young, hot-looking angel, and he gets he gets the rough end of the stick. Uh, I also found it confusing that he he morphed into Keanu. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand. That was very confusing to me because yeah. they they did. Uh, he does for a split second morphs into Al Pacino from The Godfather. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So really? they could have they could have just ended it with that. Uh, but then it goes from Al Pacino and The Godfather to Keanu, which to me didn't make sense. Is, is that true? He does that? Like, that's a... Yeah, so, like, I looked it up. He, uh, it's a split second. You, you have to, you have to like pay a, for that. That's two different studios. Well, what they did is, like, I guess the, the makeup, Rick Baker, I don't know if he did... I don't, he, I don't think he did. He but. he got a he got a cast from the person who worked on The Godfather. On The Godfather. Mm. But I was like, why did they make those for The Godfather? He never turns into a monster in The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> 
the cut scene where he becomes a vampire. Like, you you why? forgot that you also have to pause it during the Godfather in Act Two for just a second. <laughs> he's a demon. He's a bad boy. I thought when he was transforming, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be cool. He's gonna make himself look like Keanu now, mm-hmm. and kind of like take over his life, and that'll be the last image Keanu sees." I was like, "Oh shit, I did it. Win. He's just gonna be me." That would be and smart. That would have been mm-hmm. devilish. That would have been yeah. a, a smart devilish thing to do. Yeah. But. Sorry, devil. Uh, Sorry. Where where do you guys lie on this? Because like the movie makes it very clear that the devil's favorite sin is vanity. Mm-hmm. Give me give me the top seven rankings. Where <laughs> what is the devil like? Well, gluttony. There'd be gluttony. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like lust. Uh, there's oh, tons lust of lust in this he movie. He says his favorite one is vanity, but he acts as though his favorite. Yeah, one. yeah. yeah this whole movie's lustful. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Like uh, it, he, I, it feels very surface that it's vanity. Yeah. Uh, it's not sloth. There's no, no. Like, sloth in this no, movie. There's no, I mean Keanu. <laughs> Keanu uh, succumbs to lust like more times than vanity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess he he falls prey to wrath at the end. He mm-hmm. uh, he's he's all wrath, but he doesn't really he doesn't really make other people wrath it up. No. What are the other ones? Uh, we got envy, which was uh, uh, I guess pride. Pride's one. Pride. Wrath, greed, lust, gluttony, sloth. Hmm. All right. So does that mean the animals are in trouble? The sloths? <laughs> Those poor things. My big question hey. is... Hey, hey. No drums? No drums? No drums? That was bad. Oh, wow. Drums and uh, clapping. <laughs> why... My big question is, why is the Rolling Stones music so good in movies? Ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Like, no one's even... Cl- There's no other band that's even close, right? Mm-hmm. Like... Their music is just uh, Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> Bloodhound Gang. Who's Bloodhound Gang? Bro, I mean, you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. That that song. Oh, that, song? that song would have played over at the end of the movie. <laughs> it would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's like their music, like from Scorsese movies to Wes Anderson to uh-huh. even even just this over the end credits. It's always so fucking good. I thought the end credits were pretty silly, though. The music was great. I thought it was a very fun... It felt like they like blew all their budget on the movie, and then they were like, I don't know, we'll just blow fire in the credits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got some like canned CGI fire from a fucking Burger King commercial. <laughs> it was a total just put Burger that in there. King commercial. <laughs> here, here, is, Burger King fire. here is one thing I want to talk about, just because I think it is a... Uh, it is a premise that is unique to this movie and this movie alone where you know from the beginning of the movie the surprise reveal that he's the devil. You don't even have to wait to get into the movie. It was like part of the television commercials advertising this movie. All of the trailers are just like, hey, by the way, you're going to have to wait two hours for it, but Al Pacino is definitely going to be the devil at the end of it. (laughs) It's on the poster. poster Yeah, it's called called The Devil's Advocate. Yeah. It's like it it's a surprise ending that like they needed to tack on another surprise ending so that way there would right. be a shock. It's also Al Pacino. It's not like they cast Wilford Brimley 
You're right. like, oh, fuck, Wilford's the <laughs> devil? Right. He should have been, though, because that's his whole point in the movie. It's like, oh, I'm so unassuming. Nobody would ever think and I'm, I'm like, the You're devil. like flamenco dancing out at a yeah. bar. Like, this is like the opposite of yeah. unassuming. Your yeah. volume control is always at a 10. So yeah, the, the other fuck? people You're dancing, like, that's totally the devil. every language to every person, honestly, just to show off. Like, we, yeah. when he, they were in Chinatown, and he asked that guy where that tic-tac-toe chicken was, and then we never saw the tic-tac-toe <laughs> chicken. I was like... This bitch was just trying to show off he knows Chinese. And he yeah. asked this man a question and then was like, cool, I don't want to see that tic-tac-toe chicken. I just wanted Keanu to hear that I'm talking. Also, <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to see the tic-tac-toe chicken. That, was so, that delivery is so good. This guy, also, this guy also brags so much. He's like, yeah, I got ringside tickets at the garden. And they were rows back, my friend. <laughs> 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 The you know, they were, so that was not the best scene in the house. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I have sex with... I'm so good at sex. He just had to brag too much about him being like... He's like, listen, like, you just need to know I am so good at sex. <laughs> it's like... The devil's kind of pathetic. The devil's is read the game that's what this movie yeah. is like when he's like nagging her like about her hair and just like yes. is she really moving i don't i don't know that's just me it's just, just me mm. it'd look better if it was you know so you weren't so ugly i also want to talk about that little thing he did only in one scene where he flicked his tongue between his lips like he does it a couple of times i was like i noticed it most when he was like talking to keanu's mom and i guess now it uh-huh. makes sense because he he was like sort of like but i was like I felt very prominent in like 15 minutes of the movie and then it felt like he kind of, it felt like an in, felt like a strong choice that was not made every day he was on set. <laughs> I feel like the line producer was like, should I tell him to lick his lips? Or yeah. lick? Well, the, the script supervisor is like, I Our wonder if he's going to do yeah, it yeah. today. Is he going to yeah, do it today? Yeah. Like those are not in the script. That's a, that's a Pacinoism yeah. for sure. And, it, and yeah. he just kind of, I think, feel it. I, I felt that he like forgot he did it some days. <laughs> Um, the, the other thing about this movie that I not seen it as a kid, um, and not researching until I actually watched it was the lawsuit, uh, mm-hmm. that was filed over the artwork in the back of, or in Al Pacino's office. Um, sculptor Frederick Hart, uh, said that his ex Nihilo, Nihilo, uh, at the Episcopal National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., uh, was too much like the sort of like the floating bodies. And I say to that, uh, bro, you ripped off that design from like <laughs> from so many different artists over the years. Like mm-hmm. just having white carved bodies just kind of flowing in space is not an original thought. Uh, that's like every they look very similar (laughs) they do look very similar though but there have been so many that are exactly like that yeah i mean when you show up the thing that's stupid is like i don't know why they want the whole endings it it never looks like that until the end yeah morphs into that which is one like like you don't need to have like these statues because what they weren't part of it the entire time right but the entire time so like so since I hadn't seen this movie before and I didn't know about like uh, that this lawsuit happened um he sued and so they like they stopped the they so- stopped the home video release they also like changed the cover 
of uh, the video cassette uh, to like smooth out those edges because like the the bodies were also in the background of the poster. Um, but yeah, just watching it, I was like, I I thought it was so haunting just having like these sort of smeared. Just like uh, grayish, like white, black, like swirls, and then for like uh, for creatures to emerge out of it, like when when it really mattered, I thought that was like a cool choice, and uh, I don't know if I would have liked it as much if they were just there the whole time. Yeah, I thought I, it was like um, a haunting choice. I agree. All right, let's go to reviews, Roger. Ebert gave this film two and a half stars. Roger writes, most movies about lawyers involve selling your soul to the devil, but devil's advocate is the first in which the devil gets more dialogue than the lawyers. Milton is the devil. That is a secret reserved for the second hour of the film. Although the title hints it, the posters and TV commercials reveal it. And by the time it arrives, Lomax is the only character who hasn't suspected. If the whole film were as good as its production design, we'd really have something here. Ooh. Wow. wow. Scathing. Damn. Roger, you cold. But a proper, yeah. a, a well-deserved shout-out for that mm-hmm. fantastic production design. Yeah, later yes. in the review, he's like, the the green screen effect on the <laughs> nighttime balcony was breathtaking. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. If only the script was as good as that. <laughs> and now, our heralded segments. Everyone's a critic. We go to Kindle Customer, who gives this film one star. Kindle Customer writes, Al Pacino chomps scenery with the best of them. Awful movie. (laughs) Al Pacino chomps scenery with the best of them. And I so wish he didn't. Kindle Customer also gives five stars to biodegradable dog poop bags. They operate as advertised. Well, they're bags used to pick up dog waste. So there's not a lot to say, really. I bought them from a small business via Amazon, and I'm happy about that. Great job, Kindle customer. You. Some of these people are just like, when you, when you see a thing, like, would you like to leave a review? They're just like, I have to. I have to. I have to. I simply must. I can't hit not. Like they're bags. Uh... I don't know what you want me to say. They're they're bags, okay? Um, What else? What else? I I bought them from a small business. Yeah. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm patting myself on the back for supporting the biggest company in the world who is just, like, throwing a small business a bone and, like, taking money out of every single purchase. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also go to John B. Wisnant. John B., gives this one star. He writes, one star. Not much to see in this movie unless you like bad violence and worse acting. John B. Wisnant gave five stars to Mountain Dew Code Red Cherry 12-pack. Delicious. (laughs) I've loved this drink for years. Very disappointed with Pepsi. They have stopped the diet version Millions of diabetics will have to find something else. Shame Uh-oh. on you, Pepsi. 
Oh no. Yeah, that's uh by the way a uh a theme in this segment where we learn way too much about people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leaving reviews. Poor guy, he's like I'm diabetic. I have no choice but to drink the full sugar version of this. <laughs> I, it's going to kill My me. Feeling is I have that no he choice. Got, he became diabetic from drinking the full. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it's like, well, they had a diet version. I'm like, you didn't learn your lesson. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. How many feet will you have to lose before you stop? Poor drink guy. Water. Yeah. I mean, it, there, as we all know, there is also, simply not another taste on earth that replicates diet code red Mountain Dew cherry. <laughs> you can't find it elsewhere. Uh, there's only one way to uh, scratch that itch. I'm sorry. And code oh. red's gross. Code Red is gross. It's not Baja Blast. Baja Blast is shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And now, let's take a little trip. Let's pop on down to Pop Corner. (sighs) I never made a theme for that one, and every time I hit that popcorn sound, it is so unsatisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's also always followed by 20 seconds of silence for right, figure yeah. out. Yeah, what our popcorn is. Um, I'm just going to give this, uh, like, you're eating popcorn and you're watching a movie and it's pretty good. It's a little long. And uh, you, you notice, like, you've been eating popcorn for a long time. And you're like, I should be done eating the popcorn. And you look down and you still have, like, pretty much a full bowl of popcorn. And then some of the kernels turn to demon kernels. Ooh. Yeah. Mm, and you're like, yeah, oh, well, I'll just keep eating. This is good. <laughs> good popcorn. Doesn't, doesn't make sense why they're doing that, but I don't mind. Um, I give this movie uh, sugary popcorn that I'm eating. Um even though uh, I do have uh, type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Orville Redenbacher uh, uh, got rid of their sugar-free version. <laughs> um, and I just can't change. And I just keep eating. And uh, um, my son begs me not to. And on my deathbed, uh, I put a gun to my head and I pulled the trigger and then I wake up and I realize, oh, I should have just not eaten popcorn. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. All right. Dude, Americans are going to come up with type three diabetes soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we came up with the first two. Um, I'm going to give this, it's like you're a kid and you're having like a, like a, like a Christmas potluck in your class, like in like second grade. Mm. So everyone's bringing like cookies and whatever. And somebody brings in these weird, like, popcorn-like bars, mm-hmm. but they are but they have Red Hots in them. And you're like, you don't want to be rude. And so you take one, and you're like, all right. And you're like, I think these are going to be really spicy. And you take a bite, and they're not as hot as you think they're going to be, but they're still kind of gross, but kind of good. Uh, so you eat half, and then that kid thinks you're his friend now, and he invites you to his birthday party. And you have to pretend that your grandmother died and you can't go. Mm. Um, but then he sees you at Chuck E. Cheese that weekend. Oh. Uh-oh. 
And it's about that look between the two of you. That's what this movie, that's my rating. Man. I mean, that was, that was a journey. Yeah. Um, so I, I would give this like, I, like I feel like this watching this movie is like eating some popcorn that I'm like pretty much enjoying. I'm like, there's like an interesting flavor on this popcorn. Um, and like, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to place this popcorn. I'm trying to place whether I have tasted this popcorn before and whether this popcorn was like an important sort of kind of popcorn I had a very long time ago because I choked on that popcorn that time and it was actually like pretty traumatic. And I'm like, is this safe for me to eat? I don't know. I think this might be the popcorn that I choked on, but I'm still not sure. So like every time I have popcorn now, I'm going to like still be kind of in pursuit of whether this is the popcorn that like I almost choked on when I was a kid. So it's like sort of um, just sort of like unsatisfying and like a little like personally kind of confusing and upsetting. Yeah. With some well, fun twists and turns. <laughs> well, Madeline, thank you very much for going on those fun twists and turns with us. Uh, you are thoughtful. You're funny. Uh, you had some great takes. And we are fortunate to have you as a guest. Is there anything that uh, you would like to to plug as they do in in podcast land uh, for us to drive our hordes of fans uh, towards the things you do gosh I don't know I don't know if there's anything I have to plug um my little brother has a really funny like TikTok and Instagram can I plug his he's you really, really should yeah. it's so he's really funny. funny it's, it's really very funny. very funny I'm gonna I'm look at it's on Instagram, he is, um, I mean, if you type in Evan Walter, you'll find it, but I think his, like, username is Evan, Evan underscore Cakepop. Cake pop. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then you can also find him on TikTok um, yeah. if you type in Evan Walter. And, like, honestly, like, no bias. He's very funny. Uh, like, it's, <laughs> I almost wish he was a little less funny because now it's becoming sort of threatening <laughs> to me. Um, so I, I just sort of recommend, I recommend you follow. Evan is so funny. And I feel like our entire friend group is just like proud from a distance. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> as he continues to be funny uh, for 30 seconds at a time. Yes. He's really very funny. Yeah. Uh, well, check that out. Uh, while you're on uh, Instagram, uh, go ahead and follow Cable Boys Pod. If you don't already subscribe, Go ahead and do that and then rate us five stars because, quite frankly, that was a five-star episode. And if you don't think so, you can go straight to hell. I'm talking, like, subway system uh, <laughs> during the summer. It's all sweaty. It smells like garbage. It's way too hot. And the COVID restrictions uh, have been lifted. And so those cars are packed like sardines. Yeah. Go oh, fuck that. They're going to Gainesville. Yeah. <laughs> that teeny little s- town in the deep south podunk gainesville, gainesville florida, florida. <laughs> population ha- two million 
They haven't and even sniffed a building there. Yeah, they, yeah. They've got shacks and that's it. Outhouses. There absolutely yeah. isn't a major outpost of the Florida University system. There. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, we, we got, yeah. we punctured. Kevin, throw your glasses at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. You'll see the truth. Uh, well, yeah. Bye. Bye, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Cable boy.